0: and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. I know I've released three episodes this week. <laughs> Just listening to my sacral authority, y'all. This episode I recorded last week and Had planned on slotting it for mid October or so, but just kept getting these little pings to release it ASAP. (laughs) I just feel like it's so needed. I'm really big on the whole idea of autumn being a time of reflection and looking inward, and maybe slowing down a little bit. You know, if that feels right for you, and. That's what I've been planning in my life. I've created a whole bunch of space for the month of October and beyond. And I'm looking forward to that. And a huge part of having that realization to slow down, reprioritize, create space ended up coming from one of my psychedelic therapy sessions. And I just realized that you guys needed to hear about this. Really, the episode totally speaks for itself. My friend Jana Cohn and I sat down for a really, really awesome conversation. We have both done ketamine therapy. It is a type of psychedelic that is totally legal in most states. I have all the information in the show notes, and you can reach out to Jana if you have any questions. You can DM me on Instagram if you have any questions. But we talk about how... We were scared about it, doing it the first time, and how we didn't really need to be. How it was a very enjoyable experience, not like how most people think of psychedelic quote-unquote trips to be. I wouldn't have called it a trip. It's very much sort of like a meditative, therapeutic state. It's awesome. We talk about everything. I think if there's questions that you have and we need to do a part two, we can surely do that. But... I encourage you to dive in, even if this is not something that is up your alley. I promise you it is something that somebody in your life could really use to help them either get out of the pit of depression or ease their anxiety because it can be terrible to be living with anxiety. And so many people live on a daily basis with depression and anxiety. So there's so many other things that psychedelic therapy can help with. We talk about all different other modalities of psychedelic therapy, not just ketamine and anything that we have experimented with and or researched and all that kind of stuff. This is a very interesting episode and I think you're going to love it. Listen, enjoy, reach out to Jana or I if you have questions and please share this with anybody that you think might find this information useful. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, y'all, I have been freaking looking forward to this episode for a long time. I want to welcome my dear friend, Miss Jana Cohn, to the You Do Woo podcast. Welcome, Jana. Yes, I am.
1: uh beyond thrilled to be here and to share
0: about this. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's so cra- when was this? Like a month ago that we were talking about this and I invited you to come on. Yes, after
1: my first infusion and I have been through 8 now over the past 8 weeks. Yeah. We first connected after I had done the first infusion at I mean we had connected prior, but you yeah. said I really want you to run this through your authority. And I said, I already know to this. So gosh, there's so much to say.
0: (laughs) I'm excited. This is going to be a juicy episode. Okay. So Jana and I have lots of things in common, but one thing that we have in common is that we've both gone through ketamine treatment for depression. And I'll give you a little bit of backstory on mine and then let Jana tell her story. I had not intense. I had intense postpartum anxiety after having Caroline and then so, so postpartum depression, which I just, am sort of like, doesn't every mom a little bit. I mean, I don't know. There's like the baby blues type stuff where you're just alone and up so much. And I think lack of sleep and all that kind of stuff. So whatever, but I had a touch of both and I also think that the whole like year of 2020 losing my job, having to start a new job, not feeling confident, like for the first time in my life, I wasn't good at anything. Like I wasn't good at the job I was doing. I wasn't good at being a mom. Life was just, sorry, we're gonna cuss in this episode, but life was fucking crazy. And I honestly became depressed. As a generator in human design, when a generator is not doing work often, not on a daily basis, but often that really lights them up, they can become depressed. And that is, that's really like, at first it was sort of hormonal. And then it just led into this, like, I'm not on my path. I hate the work I'm doing. I'm not lit up. And I just went into a depression so much. So it wasn't like debilitating, but I like, I just wanted, like, I just wanted to sleep, honestly, a lot. It got better as, I started doing the podcast and working and all of that kind of stuff, but I was still doing other work and there wasn't as much time as I wanted to do this. You do woo work. So until it was about a year ago that I was like, I have to do something about this. And I was doing some microdosing with Biju, which I'll totally link that episode in here too, because that's how I even started getting onto this path of psychedelic treatment microdosing psilocybin, which is not intense at all. Like it's just a brain rewiring thing, but I heard about Mind Bloom, which is the at-home ketamine treatment. And I just, it was like an immediately heck yes, like yes, sign up. And I did it. Um, and I signed up for it and it completely lifted me up and out of that season of depression that I was in. And it was huge. And we're going to talk about the nervousness we had before we did it what it actually feels like to be in a session and to be under the treatment of ketamine, which I don't know what your people said, but my uh, therapist was like, it's the medicine. Like they called it the medicine. It was just like very, it's treated very sacredly um, because it is. And then the feeling after the session, an afterglow period, and then rewiring. So we're gonna talk through all of this, but Jana, what, did you utilize the medicine for right now? I think they're only utilizing it for depression and anxiety, which it can be used for a lot of different things, uh, PTSD and just up leveling and creativity and all that stuff. But what did you use it for? And will you give us a little bit of background?
1: Yes. So I went into these ketamine infusions for my depression. I have been medicated for depression since 2009 and to give you some context like I'm 35 years old and I know that I have suffered through depression since 2004 and I say that with confidence because in my one of my infusions and we'll get into all of this that really comes through to you during an infusion that came through to me that I have suffered with long periods of depression since 2004. It's wild. I can in that infusion like exactly where I was sitting, what was on the wall, what what were my surroundings. I can vividly tell you in that moment in 2004 when I first suffered from depression. And so depression for me and I've described it this way to other people that have suffered with depression and they they get it when I explain it in this way and I can only look on it back now is for majority of my adult life, I have, of course, I have gone through periods of time that have been super wonderful and joyful. And I've had wonderful things happen in my life. And of course, as with everyone else, I've had bad things happen in my life. And I've had periods of time where I've felt off or down. But for me, depression always came back in the form of this dark cloud or veil that always was going to return and when i say that i get cold chills because that is how it always was for me since 2004 i would have great you know periods and times in my life and i always knew i was like that bitch is going to come back <laughs> and that bitch was the depression and It just always came back. And I could almost go back and tell you and define periods of things happening in my life. Like, oh, yeah, when that was happening, whether it was a good or a bad experience or time in my life, this was going on in my life. But that was a really deep, dark season of depression. So I always knew that these clouds and these waves were going to come back on me. And so I almost got in this. And I had this happen after the first couple ketamine treatments, when I felt myself starting to feel better, this feeling of like, oh gosh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. And so for me, it was just this ongoing chronic appearance of depression in my life, whether it was during a good time or a bad time. And that's the thing for me about depression versus a season or feeling bad for a month or a couple of days or a week, even it is so much more of a burden than that. And that, so for me, it was
0: the depression is why I went into these treatments for sure. And anybody who's been through depression will know exactly what you're talking about. Like I've been through seasons myself, but I've also had really close people to me go through way longer seasons and the kind of stuff that you're talking about. And it's almost, I don't know, like I have a friend who has gone through this and they have a partner who's never been depressed. Mm-hmm. And the partner's like, well, can you just like go to yoga or start meditating? Or not that those things can't be a positive, but it's right. like, that's not with depression. It's like, you don't understand, like, it's not, I'm not saying you can't ever get rid of it, but it takes something pretty intense to switch off that idea of like, this is just how I'm going to be forever. Or if you have a good day, you're like, well, it's coming back. And then I'm going to feel this way again for like six more months, you know?
1: Right. And for me, that was one of the huge reasons why this ketamine infusion therapy was so appealing to me, because I have done years of yeah. um, talk therapy, EMDR, yeah. somatic processing with the trauma-informed coach, and all those things are well, great, and good. And I do think that they work to a certain degree, but for someone that is truly deeply walking and living the life, doing the best that they can to push through their depression, they need more than a little somatic processing and they need more than going to a yoga class or they need more than a little retail therapy or they need more than talk therapy once a month. So the ketamine for me was that answer,
0: no doubt. Okay. I know before I did my first session, I was so nervous and I did it at home and my husband was here and my husband talked with the therapist, like with mind bloom, they have you, you have to have like somebody who is there who can go check on you the first couple of sessions or whatever. After that, you don't have to, which is nice. Cause like, you know how it feels and you know that you're going to be fine and whatever. But the first session I was freaking out beforehand, like, i had to you have to take your blood pressure and my blood pressure was through the roof and we had to retake it like 10 times and it was just i I didn't have high blood pressure normally it was just because i was so nervous so i was really nervous well a i'm a control freak i like being in control so the idea of psychedelics is part of it is you don't have a ton of control of like what's going to go on and what you're going to see and what you're going to experience and all of that kind of stuff and i had never ever done ketamine before ketamines what they give to kids for going under instead of anesthesia a certain type of anesthesia I think so it's very safe. I know that your partner it works in the medical field. he knew all about that right isn't that what are what else do they use it for?
1: Yeah, so my boyfriend is an ER nurse and ridiculously smart and academic like with everything he reads the medical journals and all the things, and so I had always heard about ketamine from him. He actually has a sticker, like a jokey sticker, on his uh, water bottle about it. And I'd always heard of ketamine, and he said, "Oh, we use it all the time in the ER. It's the best drug ever because it is a disassociative anesthetic. So often used in children up to adults. In that, if they are." putting a bone back into place or something. They can actually do that without you having to go completely yeah. under in, into right. anesthesia. And so it's used in the ER for that. And they accidentally discovered that ketamine could be used to help a patient's affect after surgery, um, they discovered that the patients that had ketamine prior versus those that didn't came out of surgery and were just overall happier in the recovery room. And then they dug dug into it deeper from there. But it's a widely commonly used medication um, in the ER.
0: Yeah. So that's just one thing to note to like, if, if this is something that is speaking to you, but you're nervous, um, we're going to talk about our experiences actually being in session and what that looks like. I know it's different for everybody, but I feel like hearing about that could maybe calm your nerves. But so I have done, and I'm sure a lot of people have at some point done some sort of psychedelic, whether it's taking a bunch of mushrooms or whatever, it really matters the set and setting when you take a psychedelic to not be drinking alcohol or doing other types of drugs, which is usually when this all happens like you're drinking or doing some other drugs, and then you take some mushrooms and it's crazy and you see all sorts of crazy stuff, and it like and you get sick or it ends up being bad. That is not the case when you have a professional dosage and a professional session of a psychedelic. So also I would highly recommend, this is just like a little insert. I don't know why they don't have a ketamine episode. Maybe they will, but on Netflix, the documentary, how to change your mind is amazing with Michael Pollan. I think they talk about LSD, psilocybin, peyote, and what else? There's one more. There's four episodes. Do you remember? MDMA. MDMA. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Those four psychedelics, I think MDMA is not necessarily considered a psychedelic, but they go into all of them. I hope they'll do a ketamine episode soon because ketamine's like one of the only legal ones currently. Yeah. So I'd highly recommend checking that out too, to just sort of ease your mind and show you how, like, if you've had an experience with psychedelics before that was not positive, that was like my situation. I mean, it was fine, but it was a, like a little bit freaky. Ugh, there was a lot of things, whatever. But I would highly recommend going and watching that documentary because it'll ease some of your fears. But I was super nervous. I was just nervous about like how it was gonna feel, how long it was gonna last, what I was gonna see, if I was gonna like, like experience my own death or, see, you know, like I didn't know, I was freaking out. But then once it hit and for the mind bloom, way of doing it. They give you two little pills. You hood it in your cheeks, inside your mouth in your cheeks, and you let it dissolve. It takes seven minutes to take effect. You don't swallow it. You make sure to spit it out because it can make you feel queasy if you swallow it. So you spit it out in seven minutes, you turn out all the lights, you put in some earbuds with a special playlist that they have and you just chill out. And it is the most wonderful thing ever, which we're going to dive into in a little bit. But once that hit, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm okay. Like this is I'm going to be okay. And the fir- with IV and with the mind bloom sessions, they start you out on a very light dose so that you're not freaked out. Because if you went to the like ninth session dose at the very beginning, that would probably be like a little bit intense, right? But there's a major difference in going in in your first session to your second session. I think the first session, you're very nervous and anxious and you don't know what to expect. And the second session, you're like, bring it on. Like, I this is fine. So will you tell us about how that was for you, like the nervousness?
1: Yes. So I had mega nerves. First, my first wave of nerves came on right after I called. Clinic. And to give a little bit of backstory, because I think this will be really interesting for everyone to know. So Alice and I were connected on you know another front in our businesses and all things human design. And in part of that connecting with her, the topic of you know depression and anxiety and all of that came up. And I had looked into microdosing and listened to the whole episode, which she'll share with you. About microdosing, started microdosing just as another way of, okay, maybe if this can help me with my depression and leveling up as an entrepreneur and all the things, then great. And Allison casually and casually mentioned to me when I told her I had listened to the episode on microdosing and had started microdosing. She said, Oh my gosh, microdosing in conjunction with ketamine changed my whole life. And I was like, ketamine. And I remembered it from hearing about it from my boyfriend in the medical field. And she said, I used Mind Bloom. And that was all it took for me. <laughs> I just took it. I never talked to her really in detail about it again until afterwards. And I just started researching. And that's what I would recommend for anyone who is interested. I started researching like my local nearest city ketamine clinics. I looked into Mindbloom, got their pricing. And then I realized, okay, you can do ketamine in pill form, like through Mindbloom or an IV infusion. So I first found a IV infusion clinic in Tennessee, and I was willing, I said, I'm going to travel there because the price actually was about the same as Mindbloom. And then I found a local place to me and I, you know. They were featured in the news and I looked at their website and all this. And then I called, got some information. They kind of put you through a mini screening just over the phone to see what your experience has been so far with depression, because this is not anyone suffering with depression. Typically, they're not going to go to ketamine first, especially through the IV form. So they kind of screen you for that. And then she said, I've got some paperwork I need you to. know, to fill out, to bring with you on your first treatment. And the way that they set it up was that you go for the consult and they build in time in your first consult appointment. If you choose to do the treatment, you can go ahead and do it that day. So she emailed me the paperwork and it's extensive paperwork and I printed it out and it sat on the floor by my desk for no doubt five or six days because Human nature, we start getting into our heads about it. I was like, well, it's expensive. One, should I spend the money right now? Two, it's kind of scary. It's a psychedelic. What's going to happen? And then I had a conversation with myself and said, you know what? The money is going to get spent somewhere, it'll just go elsewhere rather than to ketamine. And I had to look at it as just as important as I would hiring a mentor a coach getting a certification for a certain program taking a trip somewhere for the experience i had to look at it as equally if not more important so i got past the money thing and then it got down to the depression and how bad i was feeling every day even though i was really good at covering it up and pushing through it and I had dealt with it for years. I had a conversation with myself and I just said, you know what? What if this could work? What if I go through these treatments and some of my depression could be lifted? What if this could work? And for me, that was all it took because I knew how awful I was feeling every single day. And I knew. I really couldn't start feeling much worse. So that was for me. I said, what if this could work? Then, okay, I'm going to do it. So I kind of got over that cold feet and did the paperwork. And the day before the treatment came and I thought, oh, I'm still kind of nervous, but I'm going to do it. And I got there to the clinic. You have to have someone go with you, um, has to drive you there. And back in the first session, you sit down and they go through how everything works and how ketamine actually works on the neuroplasticity of the brain and how it rewires. And the nurse had this incredible description using a fishnet and how these you know tethers are frayed and ketamine comes in and is rebuilding these synapses they're called. So in that moment, when I was there in the chair before the infusion, you go into the super comfy room. There's a big recliner I took. And this is something I would recommend to anyone. It's the same thing when you do it at home. Like you want to be cozy. You want to be comfortable. So I had these like fuzzy socks. I always wore like comfortable clothes. I took a blanket. I took a pillow. You're in this big recliner. The lighting is dim. They have on really relaxing music and all the things. But while I was sitting there and she's explaining this all to me and how it all works. Now, at this point, I've had zero ketamine. I've had nothing. So I am 100% in my sober mind. And I am thinking, I'm having to do this. And I have like a great life and I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And all these people have it so much worse than me. And I almost was shaming myself for feeling the way that I felt, and for feeling a certain way, for going and being as proactive as possible.
0: Before this was before the ketamine. Was before. I was like, "There's no way that you were th- thinking this in the ketamine."
1: Okay. Oh, this is before. This okay. is when he's telling me all of this, like how ketamine works. Like you're going through your consult, you're like signing your consent, and I'm feeling all the shame, and like. Okay, I'm gonna do this. And it felt like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe it's come to this. Like you have you're having to do this. That was the first treatment before the first treatment. And I have never, <laughs> I can tell you, never felt a tinge yeah. of that So
0: Go ahead and go, go ahead and go into your first treatment. I'll like touch on mine in a second, yeah. but I'd love for you to just go ahead and keep flowing. Yeah.
1: So the first treatment, same thing as if, you know, you're at home with Mind Bloom, they monitor your vitals, your um, your heart rate, your blood pressure. There's a blood pressure cuff on your arm. They put the IV in either right or left arm and you have a very simple like IV pole. And at my clinic, and I imagine most are like this, which was very comforting to me, they give you this necklace and the nurse practitioner at the clinic where I go to her, her name's Rachel and she calls it like, here's your Rachel button. Mm -hmm. So they let you know at any time you feel this is too much. I am freaking out in any way. It's like, you just press this button because we have control over this and we can lower it, take you out of the experience immediately. And I, in all eight infusions I've had, I've never had to press the button.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask that. I feel like once it starts happening, you're, you feel so held.
1: Yes. And the first time I chose to have my boyfriend in the room with me, and after that, I didn't feel the need for it. Um, And also, the practitioners there, they come and check on you every 15 to 20 minutes. And every time they come in, they don't say a lot, which is really nice, but they always say, like, you're okay, you're safe. So you kind of have that reassuring voice, like, out there in reality when you are not in reality. So that was really helpful, but through the infusions and every time they titrate your dose, since the same at home with the mind bloom, you get a little heavier dose each time and the infusion itself lasts about 60 minutes. I'm usually at the clinic for about 90 minutes or so, but I have always had such a pleasant experience. One, people are always surprised and they ask this, like, are you asleep? Because it's like a disassociative anesthetic, but you are not asleep. Your eyes are open. Like my eyes are tracking around the room the whole time. And for me, I don't know if it's like this for every person, but I'm very visual in general. And so everything I've seen has been in color and it's either been like beautiful, abstract, prisms and like purples and greens and like turquoise, which are my favorite colors, almost like a kaleidoscope, a colorful kaleidoscope, or there's also a TV in the room and they'll have like ocean scenes or underwater scenes or just pretty nature scapes. And a lot of times I'll get very focused in on that and I'll see just gorgeous things, so those have been kind of the visuals. And then as far as like what my role has been in these infusions has been, and this doesn't make a lot of sense to hear, but maybe it'll make more sense by kind of expand upon it. So they describe ketamine as often putting you into third person of watching situations going on around you. Or watching yourself kind of hover over these situations and experiences and having such a higher perspective of it all, which to me, even hearing that before lit me up as a projector because that's, that's how I try to filter my life, but everything in life that we hear in this three D reality are so concerned about money, what we do every day for work, what our day to day is, our home, our children, our spouses, the actual day to day things, what our reality looks like. All of that in my infusions over time, it has become so clear to me that all of that is so trivial. None of that matters. And when I saw that from that perspective through the ketamine, it made so much things in my life click into place that had just been constant burdens and worries and troubles. And so each session has been different. There hasn't been a common theme. Nothing has been consistent. Although that's been kind of the overall thing. And I I didn't go into, or I don't go into any of my infusions with a goal. There's mixed perspectives on that from what I've read. Some like to go in with an intention and some not. For me, where I am, like in my journey of dealing with the depression, I knew that I wasn't supposed to go in and control where this experience was going to take me. And that that was another thing that I read a little bit about psychedelics before I went into this ketamine treatment, because we often worry about having these bad trips or going on a bad experience. And before I went into the first session, I had, you know, done some reading. And what helped me so much was a trip only becomes a bad trip if we are trying to control Mm -hmm. the direction of the trip rather than just sit back and say, okay, this is where it's taken me today. And this is what I'm supposed to get from it. And especially after you do that first treatment and you realize, like, okay, I came out of that. I came back to my safe reality. Once you have those kind of like disconfirming experiences the first or second time. then you mentally, in my opinion, kind of allow yourself to go deeper and get whatever you're supposed to get from it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing for me, as I was sharing, you know, before I had that first treatment and those nerve, you know, the nerves get the best of you and your head gets the best of you and how I was feeling like, I can't believe I'm having to do this. And that piece of shame that was coming up for me prior to all of that went away when it was clear for me and has been consistently clear for me that I am supposed to pave the way and shed light for other people going through these infusions as someone who's walked through them you know, before, during, and after to know that like, yes, this is normal, or this is what I experienced, or, you know, are you experiencing this? I think that is so important because the infusion is 60 to 90 minutes. Then there's so much after it that comes up and you've got to have the the tools or like wherewithal to know what to do with it.
0: feel free to interrupt me as I sort of talk about a few things and might ask you a few things too, mm-hmm. but um, it sounds very similar to my experiences. For me, the first one, it almost felt like I was like back in the womb, like very held and supported and comforted mm-hmm. type deal. I never saw anything too. I did have a face mask or, a you know, eye mask on and I had my AirPods or whatever in with the mind bloom sessions, which you can go listen to on SoundCloud for free. But it sounds very different when you're listening (laughs) to it regularly, versus when you're under the medicine, because the medicine makes you have a very different experience of sound. Sound becomes not just listening to something. It goes in your body and you'll feel it like the sound is a feeling, <laughs> which we experience that sometimes, you know, driving in your car and stinking at the top of your lungs and like having the chills or whatever. It's not the same as that's beautiful, but it's not the same as that. It's like all of your senses get molded together in a really beautiful way. I never saw anything scary. I never went down like a K-hole or anything like that. I think a lot of times when people talk about that, it's They're usually doing some other drugs in addition to like party drugs in addition to it. So I just felt the first session felt like very, a deep, deep meditation that I was very held that sort of like my amygdala, which is that like overthinking fight or flight part of your brain turns off. You're just, it's like you're a baby in your mother's womb and just so happy and comfortable and whatever. And so that was sort of my goal was just to get through the first session, because I'm such a control freak that it scared me so much being on psychedelics. And it was actually not even that much of a psychedelic experience, more so than a deep, deep meditation and really enjoying that feeling of feeling sound instead of just hearing sound. It was a really cool experience. And I totally agree with you. The whole deal and purpose of it, I think, is a perspective change. Every time I did a session, it was very different. I did go into, in Mind Bloom; they have you with your therapist set intentions, but a lot of my intentions were just like, feel better, like no priorities, feel more love, release control, stuff like that. But lately when I've been doing it, I haven't been setting intentions. And you're right, like it sort of takes you where you need to go. And releasing control, if you're a control freak, I highly recommend it because it makes you release control and you like trust that, you know, and it helps you to surrender to life a little bit more. But it almost felt like, you know, when people say they have like a near-death experience and it changes their life, it's almost like that's what you get with ketamine without having to be fearful of a near-death experience and the pain. It's like you're at the end of your life and you're like, what really matters? Love. Yep. Period. (laughs)
1: Yep. You're so right. And I believe that that is why ketamine is so effective for people that are suicidal. Because, and this sounds scary, but it is not. It felt like I died, like my old self died Mm -hmm. in these infusions. It wasn't like a near death experience. I didn't experience that. But when you come out of it, Like, holy shit, I feel like I have another chance at life is, is how I felt. Like I was listening to someone, they were explaining their ketamine experience and they said this and it resonated so deeply with me said, you know, before ketamine, as I was living with depression, everything around me was black and white I still see everything. You see everything, but everything is in black and white. Post-ketamine and how I feel now is that I see my life and things in color and in dimension. Things just are different. And i Ever since I've had these infusions, I've jokingly said to people, like, have you all been feeling this good all this time? And I've been feeling like crap for years. And I see why it helps people who are suicidal for that reason, because it it almost gives you that second chance, which is really powerful.
0: Yeah. For me, too, when I do a session and I don't know, I'm meeting with my I'm doing a second. I did one round a year ago and I'm doing another round now, not for depression, a little bit anxiety just because I I find myself as a generator. I'm like working a ton and I'm like, okay, need to, like, make sure I have boundaries and not work too much and not just be on my phone and all of these things. So a little bit of anxiety I'm trying to tamper i guess but also just like up leveling period and activating my pineal gland and having like what ketamine does in the days after too is your brain feels very very soft and mushy in a good way like you're like okay i have control over reforming my neural networks the way that i want to where When you're super deep into depression or anxiety or even lightly into depression or anxiety honestly and just like the ways of our world that's nuts and we have like way too much information coming in that we have to process it's hard to get a hold on rewiring your brain it's hard and it's especially hard when it takes months and months and months to notice a difference with whatever modality you're using you know so ketamine enables you to like really wipe the slate clean. Not that you're going to like forget things or whatever. Like your brain health is great. It's fine. It almost makes you sharper. Not like right after the treatment, but like in the in the next days, I feel like very creative and like whatever. But it also, when when I'm going down a path that I used to go down, I'm able easier to be like, nope, not going to go down that. Do you notice that?
1: A hundred percent. I have noticed you know if we if we think about in this world all the things all the rules that we are conditioned regarding everything work life family relationships like everything we are so conditioned on and in if you think about okay you have to sit down and think about all these rules and then go through and do all the deconditioning work post ketamine I catch these rules and these conditions in the moment, right then and there, either while I am speaking them out loud because I've you know indoctrinated them into who I am, or I have this thought of, oh no, that's a condition, that's a rule, and I don't have to follow that. So you catch it in the moment rather than in retrospect. I'm like, oh, I was told that I should do that. And I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. Like you almost catch it in the moment. So you have this, just such a higher sense of yourself and and your life is absolutely a thing that happens. And you recognize for me, I've recognized triggers that I did not even know were triggers since I've done ketamine. I'm like, oh, That makes me feel this sort of way. Well, then what can I do to remove that trigger? And I think that's kind of like where this third person thing comes in that ketamine helps you do is you just see things that otherwise you were just immune to. So there's definitely, definitely some rewiring of the brain that comes from away.
0: I feel like it enables you to meet your higher self. That third person is like your higher self or your next level self, or like the absolutely absolute best version of you. Do you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I'll give a little example. And this came through to me. I was on a beach trip last week with my family and throughout the past I mean, year and a half when things have just been really deep and dark for me. One of the things that I've neglected is exercise and working out. It just hasn't been a priority one and two, like, and even when, you know, like exercise makes you feel better. Well, when you're freaking depressed, like good luck getting actually to the gym or the workout class, (laughs) Like, even though, you know, the benefits are great. So when I was at the beach last week, I had this moment, you know, you're in a bikini and I'm like, oh, I need to like really get back into working out again. And it was like 2.5 seconds. And my brain said to me, no, you need to have such grace and thankfulness for your body that you are in right now, because it has carried you through these 35 years of life. And the last 10 plus years of them haven't been the most pleasant. So let's say thank you for my body and thank you for the way that it looks right now. And thank you for the way that it functions. And thank you for carrying me through <laughs> this past journey. And it was just in that moment, body image flipped for me and it'll never be the same. And so now I'm like, oh, amazing. Like, I don't have these thoughts of Ugh, I feel that or look a certain way because because I haven't worked out. Like, of course you look this way. You know, it's not even that anymore. It's, it's just such a higher sense.
0: And you know what you're doing there is helping your daughter. Yes. The way that you look at and feel about your body, whether you say things out loud or not, just your energy rubs off on your daughter.
1: Absolutely. And that, that's been a huge thing for me too, in just my playtime with her since I have been doing these infusions. Is, and I, I feel like I've always tried to do a pretty good job about, you know, being present in the moment with her, but really deeply, truly being present and just in the moment with her. And after I had my first couple of infusions, I was on my phone looking through some pictures and videos of her. And these are videos and pictures that I've seen a thousand times. And I'm in my living room alone late one night and I just start bawling, Mm. crying, just thinking like, ah, I get to be such a better presence for not everyone else around, but like, especially her now. And so that's been- it's been huge.
0: One thing I also wanted to touch on with the like in session and releasing control, I had an interesting experience last week during my session where, and for me, the mind bloom at home, maybe this isn't the same for everybody who does it, but um, mine only lasts like 30 minutes for the like really intense session part, which is good. I say intense, but like you couldn't get up and walk around part that kind of thing. Mine only lasts about 30 minutes. And then I have about 30 minutes of just like laying there and chilling and like thinking about things that I experienced. And then I can get up and you not like go about your day. I do mine at night so that I can then like chill a little bit, eat and then go to sleep. But I've done it during the morning, too. And it usually takes me like an hour or two hours to like feel like I can go do something or drive or whatever. But that time last week, there were some things that came up and It was some things involving hard memories and hard things that I sort of blame myself for, I guess. And it took me there. And it was almost like, hey, do you wanna go there? And I was like, I can't, like, I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to not, and it took me somewhere else. So, and I was talking to somebody about it a couple of days later that had done ayahuasca, which is a psychedelic, but it can be really intense. And they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Like ayahuasca doesn't let you do that. (laughs) Like it makes you go there. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, I sort of wish that it would have forced me to go there a little bit because maybe that would have been good in healing. But I also feel like it's the, the vibe of ketamine is like very respectful in that way where it'll like show you things. But if you really, really, for some reason, like can't go there, it won't force you to. And it's, do you know what I mean? Did you experience that at all? Yes. Yes.
1: I, I will say nothing has been unpleasant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My experiences, and, but I do agree with you. Like it, you kind of have, I don't want to say control because it's not the word because you don't have the control, but you, you, you're able to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: not Like it's like crossing boundaries or forcing you to do something you don't want to do kind of thing just in case anybody's like nervous about that I do know that especially after watching the change your mind documentary if anybody does have like super super trauma stuff I think MDMA therapy is sort of the the better way to go for that as far as like accessing memories that could be traumatic that are like really hard and it allows you to go there without feeling fight or flight and things like that. Mm -hmm. But ketamine has been very like respectful to me. And even like, like the next time, not that you can choose what you're going to experience and stuff, but I feel like I'm going to maybe set intentions like, Hey, I actually can handle that. Like if I need to go there, I can handle it. And I'd like to work through that because I do think that some of those issues it was trying to bring up or lead me to are things that are deep, deep blocks and deep, deep issues that probably need opening up and clearing. And I actually trust it to lead me there. Whereas I wasn't even aware of like how much that stuff was bothering me before. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that could be
1: great you know going into your future sessions to know like okay i've seen this thing come up now let's if that's what's supposed to happen today in my treatment then let's
0: let's go there yeah oh it's honestly magical it's magical truly uh, questions like as we wrap up you're a projector and you have in the past worked yourself like a generator mm-hmm. um i know you only this year found out about you being a projector, what kinds, and you can talk about like your, your realizations through your ketamine treatments too, but like what things have come through for you, for all of our projector listeners, as far as really being able to tap into that higher self version of you.
1: Yeah. One of the biggest things for me, and I think it's because of the society that we live in as a projector Rest, 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 rest. And then when you feel like you've rested, you should rest some more. And that has that's been a huge thing for me over the past several months of I've always tried to be like, well, I don't need that much sleep. You know, other people function just fine on five, six hours. Whether it's sleeping at night and not setting an alarm the next morning or if I feel like resting and taking a nap during the day. Rest would be the number one thing. I think that changed or has has changed so much for me. And then, especially knowing that going into these infusions for me, my experience was very different in that I have slept a lot. the 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 twenty four hours post the infusion, like I sleep so much. And so that's not going to be. I don't believe the case for everyone. But knowing that as a projector, I've allowed myself such grace when it comes to rest and then the other piece is as a projector i think which is so important is you know we hear the strategy of wait for the invitation and i know for me i struggled with that for a while like okay well so i'm literally supposed to wait for you know someone to approach me or for someone to ask my opinion or for someone to inquire while that is true But the other part of that as a projector, in my opinion, has been making your gifts and your value known so much so that then the invitations can come to you because if you're not letting it be known of, hey, I struggle with this or I have done this and then did this. Like if you don't let it be known what it is you do or what it is you're good at or where your gifts are, then, then how, how can the invitations come? And so figuring out for you, what, what does that look like? And for me, social media is a huge thing for me on my Instagram is where I share all of that information, but someone else, you know, as a projector might be really amazing in their job in a certain capacity or, and they're not showing off those gifts and those truths and experiences And so then we sit back and we get frustrated waiting for the invitation when there's another piece of that that is equally as important. So I would say those those few things have been really huge for me. And knowing that as projectors, we are supposed to be guides. We are supposed to help walk people into this new paradigm and owning and knowing that power within ourselves as projectors, that there there is no course or mentor or strategy or certificate or program or thing that you need. There are times in our lives, of course, where we're going to want those things and where where they are beneficial. But the best ultimate guide, I mean, this is for anyone, but especially as a projector, I believe is to know that everything you need and want to have is is within you right now, especially as a projector. And that came through with such clarity in my infusions too. So those would be the major game changers for me.
0: I love that so much. It's so crazy. You're currently in the mastermind. And when I started the mastermind, I think it was all like generators and MGs and I have attracted three projectors into our group. And I think a reflector is joining soon, which I think is just so, I don't know, the vibe in there feels so yummy having you projectors in there because it's like, I know a lot of masterminds are like, go, 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 blah, 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 money, blah. which we talk about all of that. kind. We talk about human design and business and all of that kind of stuff, too, and strategizing and calling in money and magnetizing money and all of that kind of stuff. But there's also the aspect of human beings versus human doings and resting, tapping into your energy and having y'all in there is such a gift, too, because projectors truly do see things from a way higher perspective. And I really, really value that. There's one of my favorite projectors is Jenna Zoe. She's one of my human design mentors. And she has a podcast that I'll link in here called My Human Design too. And she talks so much about projectors and their work and their value. And she also talks about generators and their work and value. I'll like, I'll link one of my favorite episodes too. It's called like, why is the world so pissed off? (laughs) It talks about like generators not doing what lights them up and then projectors like working too much, pretending like they're generators. And that if we could solve a couple, those two things, like the world would be a much better place. But, um, I do think, you know, I don't know what all is exactly to come for you in the future, but I really do think being some sort of a guide Mm -hmm. in walking people through this type of treatment, um all type of psychedelics, honestly, like I just, yeah, I think that's one of your gifts. And I think you've noticed that with opening up and sharing about it on social media lately.
1: And that's the thing. That's where this whole thing has just clicked for me. And I, in one of my infusions and it's funny, it was within the first or second one. I think it was maybe the first. And I came home and I told my boyfriend and I was like, you're about to laugh. He's like, what? and I think I've shared this with you, Allison. is in this infusion, I was a shaman. I had never had any, the word shaman has never come through for like my life's aspirations. Maybe you were in a past life. And then I, yeah. And then I come to find out the more that I've been watching and research, researching like that Netflix documentary. And then, um, Aubrey Marcus has three documentaries on ayahuasca on his YouTube channel. Come to find out shamans are a very big part of the psychedelic world, more so with, you know, things like ayahuasca and aboga and all of that. But I truly believe and know that we have just, just cracked the surface on psychedelics, even being discussed out in the open. Especially for the benefits in the mental health world. I didn't even know ketamine existed as a treatment for depression until you mentioned it to me two months ago. Like that's how new and fresh this is. And there's a lot of information out there. And, and as anyone listening to this starts to research, they're gonna see. I think that there's such a a gray space that needs help in even, you know, we, we think of psychedelics and we think of like, all these rules and things that we've been taught of like, stay away from that. It's bad, it's scary, like crazy people do drugs. Like we have that. And then the other side is all of this evidence, like medical journals and article reviews that are like way above my head. And there's nothing in the happy medium space of like, hey, I am a normal (laughs) Functioning woman with a four year old that lives in small town America. (laughs) Like, I have a business. I am just like that girl next door. And I have dealt with some serious issues with depression. And I have done all these treatments or not all these treatments, but all these medications. And I've tried all of these different, you know, therapy treatments. And now, I feel like I've compressed the past 15 years dealing with depression into this past eight weeks of ketamine treatments. And I am like your normal girl. And so there's no, like, I feel like I'm meant to be this in between, in between those two stark contrast to bring light to it and to educate. And at least for people to know that it's an option Mm -hmm. and especially as someone, you know, before the treatment, during the treatment and after you go through a lot of things in your head of like, is this normal? Am I feeling this way? You're like, oh, now I understand what you mean by like things were black and white. And now things are a little more like crisp and colorful and clear. Little exists out there that helps people navigate through that. Like I would have no one to talk to about this if I hadn't connected with you about it. And then wasn't already showing up on social media. Whereas this was the next natural thing for me to talk about and share. And a lot of people don't have that outlet. And that's where I think and hope and pray and believe and know that is the next purpose life for sure.
0: And like, what an important purpose that's way beyond you, you know?
1: Yes. Like there is nothing more important in this whole entire life than your mental health. Like it is more important than your marriage, than your relationship, than your children, than your job, than your bank account. There is nothing more important than your mental health. Like It is the number one thing that you have in your entire life.
0: Mm Because even when you have physical health, issues, if you have a positive mental health, you can override that disease in your body. But when you don't have access to that positive mental health, you cannot override anything else
1: at all. No, you you can't. And I'm living, breathing proof of that. Like there is no business strategy. There is no next thing that you need to get or understand or grasp. There is nothing. If you do not have your, your mental health. And I believe that to the core of (laughs) myself.
0: This has been such an amazing conversation. I do think that we might need to do part two at some point.
1: I would love Um, that.
0: But okay. A few different things. Highly recommend giving Jana a follow on Instagram, pause it right now, scroll down to the show notes. Her Instagram will be right there. Um, Is that the best way for people to connect to you currently?
1: Yes, currently that is the best way. Um, DM me, message me. I will talk to you through my Instagram and we will go from there.
0: And I'll um, link a few of the other things. I think my mushroom episode Um, information about mind bloom. If you have any, if you'll send me like a a link just of the overall ketamine IV info of like how people can start looking into that, if they prefer that change your mind documentary and a couple other things, if I go back through this and listen to it, but oh my gosh, thank you so much. I think this was one of my favorite episodes ever recording. And -hmm. I know it's going to change so many lives. If you're listening to this and you know somebody who is struggling with depression or anxiety, please just forward it to them, whether it's from Spotify or Apple podcasts, just forward it over to them. Be like, Hey, this combo is awesome. If you yourself want to chat and find more information, you can either go to mind bloom or the other, you know, find a ketamine clinic or ask Jana, any questions that you have. I'm also an open book, but, um, I feel like this is it'd almost be more magical to get information from a projector because it just is. And I'm doing 5 billion other things. So, but it's been huge for me too. um, And I'll keep you guys updated on it. And I do think we should maybe do a part two, maybe in three to six months or something and, and just give updates on where we are.
1: And I think too, and maybe this would be awesome to go into for part two, because one thing that I really dealt with a lot, and if I had had in hindsight, If I could have heard someone tell me this, I would have been like, thank you. When you're in a state of whether it's depression or anxiety, but I can speak from the depression point. I felt for the longest, and it held me back from getting treatment and from being just real and facing what I was dealing with because I felt like my depression. Was not bad enough because I felt like others had it worse. Others had a far more terrible situation than me, or that I was doing just fine managing it as I had been. So I held off doing something about it because I saw so many other people that I knew had it worse than me. And so I felt like, in a way, bad for taking like the bull by its horns and being like, I'm freaking dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And so that would be if I could tell anyone listening anything that please do not discredit your level of depression because it is just as hard and just as terrible as anyone else's. So don't let that voice that's in your head stop you from at least exploring and knowing the options that are out there because there's more than dealing and living with depression every day. There is more to it when there are treatments that are out there that can help you and to not even explore them. That's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. That's a tragedy. Yeah.
0: And I think that is one sign of depression is when you minimize (laughs) your depression because it's just showing like, it's like low self-worth situation. Like who am I to know? I know we're all, we're humans. We're living a human experience that is imperfect. We are going to go through pain, but you don't have to go through suffering.
1: hundred percent. Yes.
0: Like if you are suffering, you're not meant to suffer. We can go through pain. We're going to have pain. We're going to have moments, seasons of grief and all of that kind of stuff. And you're not meant to stay in suffering. So. You're worthy of feeling really good every day. Amen. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Okay. Go and check out the show notes. Please share this episode with, I mean, honestly, share it with anybody, you know, because it's going to be helpful. Everyone knows somebody who's feeling depressed or has actual clinical depression Mm -hmm. because we live in a crazy world. And so I think that you're going to change a lot of lives, Jana. Thank you for coming and sharing your story. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, we'll see y'all for part two soon. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener and...
1: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.
0: Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga.